WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program for this Tuesday morning. City Council President John Wood is uh, here with us. Tomorrow, uh, Mayor uh, Beauchamp will be with us. And on uh, Thursday, uh, Attorney General Peter Nerona will be uh, with us. Uh, they, you know, I wouldn't, um, you know, John Ward, uh, good morning to you. Nice good. to have you here. But good I, morning. Nice I wouldn't take on Judge, Pro- do you know Judge uh, Procaccini, uh, Procaccini uh. rather, uh, from uh, the sounds, Superior Court? What? Sounds like an Italian meat. He's, uh, he's a tough guy. And, um, and the Attorney General has decided pro- to take him on. I, I don't recommend that. I've always that. heard it as Procaccini. Uh-huh. I'll go with that, too. Yeah. Huh. Either way. Yeah, well, whatever it is, I wouldn't take them on. Sounds you know? like something you buy in a deli at Federal Hill. Yeah, well, uh, looks like uh, the um, in the slicer is the attorney general. Anyway, <laughs> we'll find out um, who's going to, who's going to, well, we'll find out whether he's going to make it or not because he, uh, over the, uh, about a week ago, reported that he had uh, COVID and I don't know if he's going to come out. Oh, of I'm sure he's out, back out of, to good health by now. I don't buy, well, he might use it as a way not to come here. He lives in Jamestown. Oh. And we'll see. Anyway, that's um, on Thursday's program. And then on Friday, we have uh, Mr. Uh, John Brian taking over, uh, as he does on Friday. So it's going to be a busy, busy week. Now, let's get to uh, the order of business. It's a talk show. If you want to call in and ask a question to Mr. Ward or uh, want to send a comment to uh, upfront at WNRI.com, you're welcome to do that. And the purpose of it, I uh, called him the other day and asked him to uh, come in here. We didn't get a report from Valerie Gonzalez this morning on what happened. At the council meeting, I didn't think we would. So, therefore, here is an opportunity to uh, kind of um, dig back into what happened last night. So, again, thank you for being here. Well, it's my pleasure. I just want to point out the attorney general will probably be here because he doesn't come over 195 West. And coming from Jamestown, he can travel up 95 and 295 after he gets off of Route 4. I really go to Providence, John, but I was on that bridge yesterday afternoon. <laughs> At about the time, they closed it yesterday afternoon. I went over it at around 2.30. I was coming back from East Providence. And um, and we just rolled right over the bridge, and, and that was it. And then they shut it down behind you. Yes. Uh, maybe it was... Uh, what did you yeah, do? I don't know. I just, I'm amazed. I, I, anybody that's lived in this state, I, I don't want to distract from what we're going to talk about, but no. anybody that lives in this state realizes that I think since recorded history... In all of recorded history, they have been repairing the, that bridge over the Providence River. And I, I've never seen it without some kind of construction going on. And yet, somehow they managed to have missed a critical flaw in the support structure that ha- forces them to close it now. And I'm having these visions of how much money they're going to rake in in East Providence and Pawtucket where they have speed cameras. And people are going to be relegated to the local roads. And the $50 tickets that are going to come flying out of those cameras to the, uh, to the financial benefit of those communities and to the outrage of the what is currently this morning a two-mile backup on 195 West. All right, so you brought it up. So are you in support of speed no. cameras for one socket when you consider some of the jerks uh, running uh, the streets of uh, the city uh, with their automobiles? Hey, was that you following me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not. I, I have no problem with flashing lights and warning signs 
was you enter school zone saying 20 miles per hour. I have no no problem with um, the the mechanical devices they have out there with the flashing your speed is thing. How about speed bumps? I have. I don't necessarily have a problem with speed humps. I'm not sure about bumps. I don't want to damage cars. But yes, Cumberland has them in some of the some of the neighborhoods where they want to slow traffic down. Um, and I I think to all of our Despite all of our concerns about the this um, rotaries or whatever we call them, the roundabouts that we have in the city, they've turned out to be a very beneficial thing in terms of slowing traffic a bit um, and and actually keeping it moving. Those are good things. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And the uh, but in terms of speed cameras, we're going to whack someone for fifty dollars. I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But there is a problem uh, here in the city with uh, with speeders. Uh, you may remember that impassioned plea from a friend of hers under Good and Welfare uh, two months ago, where her friend was uh, was was killed. But that wasn't the speed issue. That was a person turning right, making a right hand turn onto um, Truman Drive from South Main Street without giving proper care to somebody that was in the crosswalk. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I could attribute that to excessive speed. It was, it was, But it was lack of due care. But a speed camera wouldn't have stopped that. Now to our uh, mission here. Uh, first of all, um, um, here's how I, when I talked about the city council meeting on Monday, last night, on Friday in a news story, I said, looks like a new contract for the Woonsocket firefighters will be signed soon. There'll be a public hearing and under new business they'll talk about ratifying the contract where are we with the firefighters we are uh the council last night we held the public hearing nobody came to speak on it it was properly advertised so people could have a chance to look at the terms the change in the terms and the 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 compensation adjustments and it's (coughs) it's a contract that will run through june 30th of 2026 um, it, it finishes up 2023, makes adjustments, and then there's 24, 25, and 26. And similar to um, other contracts, on there's some changes in language. <coughs> My goodness, that's terrible. Um, having to do with um, some health benefits, retiree health benefits being trimmed back some uh, for new employees hired after a certain date, I believe July 1st, 2023. And... <coughs> The adjustments to the salaries, there was some one-time uh, adjustments in fixed dollar amounts at the beginning. Then there's going to be some retroactive compensation for the first part of 2023-24 year. And then there's 3% per year after that up until through the year end June 30th, 2026. Which seems like a reasonable amount in light of the current inflation rates and the comparability to other communities for their pay uh, and their and their work schedule, um, and consistent certainly with what the police contract was settled at last year under the previous council. On the editorial side, what took so long? Um, I can't speak for certain about what took so long, except that it was being negotiated in the in Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt's administration. I, I don't I don't know that there were issues since then, um, but what they were were cleared up in the last few weeks and the union ratified and it was brought to the council there was a little delay because of advertising the public hearing and the solicitors um, not having everything prepared for the financial impact that was cleared up 
last week or a couple of weeks ago, and then last week they um, failed to advertise the public hearing, and so we had to wait one more week, and we decided to do it last night. All right. So we have a firefighter's contract, and, and uh, when will it be signed? Uh, coming up soon? or uh... Well, we authorized the, the mayor and the solicitor mm -hmm. to sign it last night. So anytime and they want to so, do it, right? As... As they well, I think what they're going to be doing is preparing the full document and mm -hmm. then signing that. That's usually how it goes. Next uh, item of business: uh, it says here discussion regarding the status of uh, American Rescue uh, Federal Funds approved spending plan. Tell us about that. What does that mean? Um, that basically is the um, ARPA funding plan. We've spent uh, out of thirty-one million. We've planned about thirteen. There's about eighteen left. And actually, there'll be about 22 left because the water meters that were supposed to be done for $4 million were going to be done through a borrowing from Rhode Island Infrastructure Bank with some loan forgiveness involved. And so um, we were just reviewing all of the details in there. Some of them are finished. Some of them have not yet been done. And we want to put an ordinance together to plan out the entire spending package, hopefully next Monday and uh, get rid of all of the excess minor balances that remain and make decisions about the things that have not been done and just amend it through an ordinance in the, before we get to the end of the year because we only have until December 31st of 2024 to commit those funds. Did you say there's 18 left to be spent? Yes, for us, 22. Uh -huh. So what are we going to spend it on? Uh, do you have um, any thoughts? We're going to build a new station for WNRI. Thank no, you. No. Certainly we need one, right? No, that's not going to happen. We're, we're, we've got things like an animal shelter that hasn't been knocked down and we don't have an animal shelter. I'm, based upon what they did in North Providence, I'm speculating, just a speculation or an estimate of about a million and a half dollars that will have to be spent on something of that nature. And um, we have the Cass Park Athletic Facility that is nothing more than a... Uh, gravel pit right now that needs to be finished up and we don't necessarily have specific commitments of dollars for that that'll be several millions of dollars we have uh, public safety facilities that need to be taken care of in one fashion or another that uh, that will be many millions of dollars we have some state funding available and federal funding available but it needs to be matched with whatever we can locally to finish that project up um, so there'll be those discussions being carried out in the next month or so. All right. Um, so the spending of federal funds, uh, is that really at the, uh, uh, now that we've got a little change in City Hall, is that at the discretion of the council and, and the administration? Or does the public uh, ever get a chance to say that they'd like to see this or that? Well, early on, the public had, had been asked about certain things and some things were done and some things were not um, clearly the public always has the right to come to a council meeting and express themselves on it and they don't necessarily require that it be on the agenda and and I would encourage it but I would also like to maybe um, make people aware about some of the things we're doing and they should pay attention we do have our monthly reports that get posted to the agendas and the ARPA funding report does show up um, once a month, where it shows what we've committed to do, what how much has been spent, what's available balance against those funds, and what the total available is. So the information is available every month, uh, posted on a council agenda, and people should avail themselves of that list. And uh, 
and maybe bring suggestions to us. Um, going off the agenda from last night, uh, when I played a soundbite with um, Michael Houle, the, uh, I guess you'd call it, uh, interim human services director for the city of Winshock, it was an interesting interview. But uh, there were two things uh, that he mentioned uh, that I just want to see if you know about as council president. He gave us the indication, and we interviewed him last week, that the Dignity Bus uh, is just about ready to open now that they have clarified the state-coordinated entry system. Uh, I guess to 75% can be local and the other 25% from other parts of the state. Apparently, they got that settled. And then he talked about... Uh, cleanups in two of the uh, homeless site uh, areas. Do you know anything about any of those two subjects? <laughs> uh, I do know about the uh, the um, the placement of people, the coordinated entry system, which apparently was a problem because with the dignity bus, it would have meant that they're required to go through that system, which could have had people being selected from Newport or it technically could have meant what's, no one from Woonsocket was the, in there on any given night. That's true. Te yeah, Technically, that's yeah. very possible. Mm -hmm. um, and apparently, they've been able to work out a system where there's going to be a more regional approach to that coordinated entry system, which will give us a higher level of assurance that local people will be um, sighted in that bus when they're using it for overnight accommodation. Uh, what was the other time? Well, so, oh, well, the, home, the, the encampments. Right. Uh, what happened is we got a phone call from uh, a listener, uh, and uh, she said uh, the, it's really unsightly for all the visitors coming on the Polar Express to see these encampments, and they're quite visible from the Providence and Worcester uh, railway train. And he said, we're going to do something about that. Yes. the Apparently, Providence and Worcester has some some encampments around their trestles that are um, next to the parking lot behind Chan's, and those are Providence and Worcester Railroad is going to clean those out and because it is their property and they're underneath the rail trestles, and that is also their property. So they're going to clean that out and they're going to secure the area so that they won't be able to use that for encampments. However, that doesn't relieve um, the city of the fact that. We still have encampments like under the bridges at Hamlet Avenue, over down near Burden Mills and on Court Street Bridge. Um, bridges make a, a good dry area to uh, for people to put their encampments. And there's a couple of others in the woods around the city. Um, that doesn't resolve that issue. It's, it's still a problem and should be addressed, but it's difficult when there's no buildings to put people up in. By invitation, John Ward is here, Council President, and we're uh, covering some of the items from the agenda last night of the special meeting, but we're going to jump into other matters. I'm going to try to dig deeper with Mr. Ward on the school department. He's a council member, but former chairman of the school committee has followed Woonsocket Public Education for years. I want to get his thoughts on a few of those items. However, there was a gentleman, and he I guess he was from the Vernon Mills Project, uh, can you tell us who he was and what they're uh, they're trying to get? Uh, are they trying to get a tax break or something? He didn't. There was no mention of anything specific being requested, other than that he was pointing out the difficulty in dealing with a building that was built, I believe he said, in the 1820s or 30s. Do you know the, who the he was? Um, I, I did not catch his name. Okay. He said it, and the clerk picked it up, but I frankly did not get okay. his name. Well, I guess I'm sorry. 
But he's a representative he's of Burnham. He's a representative of the development of Burnham Mills, okay. and he was just expressing the challenge of working with such an old historic structure and retaining the historic qualities while taking care of the things that are necessary for modern architecture and modern development of residential areas. So the Burnham Mills is going to be a residential facility. Is it going to be... Uh, expensive uh, or middle? Or? Well, it's going to be expensive to them to develop, and so the question becomes, can it be something that's going to be um, have any kind of included affordable components to it? And that, I think, is a desire of any development in the city, whether it's that or the ones on Federal Street. Um, there's, there's always the challenge of the cost of development versus the market rates for rents and the market rates for rents right now are a very high market, but the market in Woonsocket is a lower market price. That is sometimes still unaffordable for people. Um, so it's a challenge, and that's what part of part of what is contributing to some homelessness. There's many, many factors contributing to homelessness, but it's a challenge for people trying to to pay the bills to have the rents going as high as they're going in the past few years. The following statement uh, by me is has to do with people who have been here over 30, maybe 40 years or more. So I feel the Burnin Mills project is between the old police station and the old Delorea's bakery on Front Street. <laughs> can, can you validate that? <laughs> between the old Delorea's bakery and the old police station on Front Street. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the entrance to it. Okay, Absolutely. see. And if you, if you go to Harris Hall and you look out the back windows, mm-hmm. you're, or, or if you ever go to City Hall and you happen to go up to the third floor and you're a gentleman who goes to the restroom, you look out the window and across the way there's these old stone-walled mills, and that's Burnham Mills. Okay. And before we take our break, uh, final thing on the agenda uh, was uh, going into executive session. Uh, you go into executive session because you don't want to discuss it in public. What can you discuss in public this morning of what you went into executive session for last night? I will be very brief on this. Basically, there are some uh, former employees who had filed complaints with the Department of Labor and Training over what to them was... Uh, not consistent treatment of separation, compensation and separation. And we were just discussing the, the details of that and whether or not the, the treatments were consistent, where the policies came from, who has policy books, when they were created. It's more about the institutional operation of City Hall that, that many people had complained about. Um, it revolves around that and some complaints with the Department of Labor and Training and trying to get to the bottom of how to resolve it so that we can clear those cases and not have to deal with those issues again. And by having a, a fair and uh, documented set of procedures for how people operate in City Hall. Were any of the parties there or did you just discuss the uh, three uh, issues? No, just the parties weren't there. It wasn't about trying to negotiate anything with them. It was just about the council becoming informed of what was going on with those issues because the council had never been a party to what was going on there. Did you know they were going on in the background uh, as a council member at that time? I, I did. I don't know that every council member did. I, at the time they came up, no. It was only later as these individuals would complain directly to council members, some council members, not all, that I began to hear of it. Um, and that's when I asked the solicitor, once the uh, once Mayor Beauchamp came in, I asked the solicitor, if he could plan to just review it with the entire council so we would be aware of what what led to some of 
what was characterized as a as an inhospitable employment environment in City Hall. Before we take our break and come back for other issues, is there anything that happened at last night's meeting that I haven't covered that uh, we should uh, tell our audience about since that's the reason I asked you to come here? Um, actually, you've just covered everything we discussed. Oh, uh, you know, Bernan Mills, ARPA, contract. Yeah, no, you've covered it all. Back in a moment. When it comes to purchasing insurance, we make it easy at Hunter Insurance. If you've been driving all around the today and save. We're gonna make it real easy. Easy so that you can get the deal that you're looking for. We're the ones you can count on at Hunter Insurance. We have years of experience providing insurance, sales, service, and satisfaction in the area. Our staff of courteous, friendly professionals make it real easy because we explain all the details of your coverage and the cost so you know what to expect. If you have a loss, place your auto and homeowner's policies with Hunter Insurance, the best insurance value in Northern Rhode Island. Call 769-9500. All right, we're back in the studio with the Council President Ward. Uh, normally, we'd play a few more commercials, but we just learned that he has to be uh, somewhere uh, actually while the program is in progress. So he has to leave a little bit early. So we're going to get right back to the interview. And then we'll uh, catch up with some of our sponsors a little bit later. Yes, sir. Now, uh, first question I'd like to ask you about. Uh, so I'm going to kind of jump all over the place. And uh, how many minutes do we have? Um, this, well, I'd say maybe another 10 minutes. All right. So uh, we have another 10 minutes. YMCA um, all of a sudden thrust upon us um, uh, everything before uh, before um, Thanksgiving. Uh, y- YMCA is operating, and, and then all of a sudden uh, they, they're closing down January 1st. Uh, the uh, mayor is all shook up about the pool. We'll ask him about that uh, tomorrow. Uh, what about, you know, how does this strike you? Is this a major incident? Well, as it turns out, it it is something of a major incident. It's it's a well-used pool. Uh, the facility itself, I think, has been lacking in participation by members at the old gym across the street from the, the pool building or the post office building. Um, and so most of their activity and outside use by certain swim teams and organizations that use the pool um, use that that part of the facility, not so much the old building. And so they were losing money because their membership has shrunk and there's so little use of the old gym and the bask and the, the gym and the workout areas. Um, so the, the hope, and I'll let Mayor Beauchamp discuss this tomorrow because he's been instrumental in working with the parties to try to come to a solution. The hope is to find a way to keep the pool open under the y, while the Y still retains ownership, while they're working out the sale terms, and then possibly... Um, make some arrangements for how the um, the post office building that includes that pool and associated office and um, shower and restroom facilities can be kept alive beyond that point. And I think there is the way the discussions are going. It will likely be possible, but I'll let him leave. I'll leave it to him to discuss some of the more important details of that discussion tomorrow. Are you going to leave it to him to name the supermarket that's coming? I don't have a name of a supermarket. Okay, just checking. Honestly. All right. 
That was your homework assignment, too. Well, but I've, I've never been in a conversation where anybody has named the name. Okay, well, we'll press him on that tomorrow. Here's what I wanted to talk to you about before uh, before you leave. And we have one caller, but I, I do want to at least get an opening remark. You were chairman of the school committee. Something uh, that you didn't have to deal with back then was charter schools. I didn't even know if you had to deal with homeschooling back then. But things have changed. I know you're an observer of education and the challenges of the current school committee and the Winsaga School Department faces from from basically other entities sucking off um, uh, enrollment at their schools. Someone's wondering if you could just kind of give us a philosophical overview of the challenges Winsaga School Department uh, faces. And is it really uh, fair or unfair uh, to us as taxpayers of what is happening with this uh, uh, onslaught of uh, growing charter school movement here in Woonsocket in particular? All right. Yes, there was homeschooling when I was on the school committee, but it was not as popular as it's become, especially since COVID came and went. Um, there has been more, I think, more uh, families looking to do homeschooling. As to the charter schools, see, I have to differentiate between what I consider charter schools that are that are filling a gap and charter schools that are competitive, like a mayoral academy. Um, charter schools that are filling a gap, like I'm going to give a lot of credit to Beacon Charter School because Beacon Charter School was established to satisfy the needs of students who may otherwise not feel comfortable in the regular public school or be often enough artistic challenge to their interests um, and so they focused on arts and they've done it very well and they complement our existing school system they don't compete so much with it so to that school I say they're, they're a great asset to the education of our children in the city um, for the Rise Mayoral Academy they're an alternative they offer a different method they offer different rules and they can operate uh, with less cost because of compensation for their staff and benefits are different and they compete and of course they do provide um, a good education to parents who are interested in getting their kids good education and so their lottery fills up easily and that has become a drain on the public school system because they're now looking to open up more slots um, and it basically ties back to the funding formula that the state uses that basically that I don't think properly recognizes the high-cost burdens that local school districts and urban areas face, and that taking money, that as money follows the child, it follows the child based upon averages. Well, you know what? It's not the average-cost student, and it's not the high co higher-cost student that's moving generally to these mayoral academies. It's the, it's the lower-cost student who have some needs, but not certainly not the level of needs many of the students at Woonsocket public school system is required to deal with um, both medically, psychologically, sociologically economically and so it takes money out disproportionate to the burdens that are left behind and I, I think it's harmful until they correct that at the state level it's going to be hard to deal with so is the discussion of not selling the parcel across the street from the Circle Laurier on East School Street really going to have, a whether we sell it or, or not sell it, really going to have much of a bearing on their moving forward with a new high school anyway? It should not because it's, you know, as they did with their first elementary school on Cumberland Street, it is, it is the responsibility of the, of the corporation, nonprofit corporation that operates 
the Rice Prep Mayoral Academy to acquire their property themselves. It should not be a responsibility of the city to feel any obligation to sell them a particular parcel. They should be looking at many, many property opportunities, um, whether it be in old mill buildings or um, other locations, other communities in North Smithfield or, well, I guess not North Smithfield because North Smithfield opted out of the high school program, but in Barlville or other parts of Woonsocket where they should be paying full retail for whatever it is they acquire to satisfy their needs. And it's not an obligation of the city to sell them that land. It's simply a convenience um, for them. It would make it easy for them. And frankly, I think it's a very narrow strip of land that would play, create a awkward, very awkward placement of a building to house that many students. So are you against or for selling it? I, I'm not in favor of selling them that particular parcel of land. I just don't think that it serves them would serve them well. Um, I don't. But think it's it would non serve revenue uh, tax revenue producing. Whereas they they have the dough, they could buy a a tax uh, revenue producing building, and uh, we'd lose the tax revenue. They could. Hmm. Let's take a phone call. Um, so, what's your question for Mr. Ward before he leaves? Or Good morning, comment. Mr. Ward. Happy Good morning. Plumber day. Um, <clears throat> this question has been asked a thousand times, and it's been answered. However, the answer is not acceptable to a lot of people in the city. Why is Mike <clears throat> still working for the city, Mike DeBroyce? And I'll ask that because question if tomorrow. Cindy, if if oh. Cindy was fired... Yep. Because she did wrong. She's a female. Now we have a male. Mm-hmm. That's name is on so many documents that are incriminating. Okay, we got the question. So this is a question that I'll ask Mr. Beauchamp because he's the one that can fire him. Uh, I guess we'll just get your opinion on this because the council technically can't fire him, right? As I understood from your last um, answer. You know, I said that before, but in further looking into that question, it appears that possibly because... Our directors don't take an oath going into their job, and so that they would not necessarily, they could be interpreted to be officers of the city because they have certain authority. Uh, it's very possible that it could be argued in court and lose, so it's, it's not likely that we would have a 100% assured means to remove someone from a job in a director's position. Um, but it, it really, at this point, is up to the mayor to do something, and... Um, it's it's his call. He's the one that has to operate the city day to day. Whether or not, you know, to me, for what occurred, what clearly had to be um, people working around the rules, I don't think you, that could never have been done inadvertently. And so some, some, um, some response has to come to that for all of the parties involved. The mayor took care of her situation. Cindy Johnson was terminated. Um, there is still... Mr. DeBroyce, and there is also a contractor who was a CDBG or federal funds coordinator who I have yet, I'm still waiting for information from, for myself, the council, and the public, and I will be pursuing again today with the solicitor about why I have not received a response now for a couple of weeks. Can you appreciate uh, the mayor's position uh, that uh, that dismissal of that employee uh, would create a whole bunch of headaches for him? But um, So I guess if you were mayor, we would you say, hey, I can get along uh, without this guy anyway? I think it becomes a question of whether or not a person thinks that they can they can most effectively operate with or without him. Um, I personally think I could probably uh, 
or would probably um, have dismissed both of them relatively soon. And we would have found a solution through either hiring a retired planning director from somewhere or, or advertising or something of that nature and get some assistance from somewhere. It clearly sounds like uh, from a city council president's or an individual council member's position that if uh, Mayor Beauchamp decides to keep him, uh, you probably would not have. But uh, I don't think uh, you're going to raise a, a big issue about it. I think you've got bigger fish to fry. Is that uh, a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment. We have lots to do, and we intend to um, take care of those things that the council needs to take care of. There's a budget to be set up for next year that has to get started soon. There's the ARPA funding program that has to get done. The public works director has a bunch of projects that are in the works. There's lots of work to do. And, frankly, if you need to persuade someone, you need to persuade the mayor. It's really his call to operate the best way he thinks. And if he's not up for re-election because he chooses not to run, then there's no retribution to be had by not voting for him in the future. So... I'm not even sure what the voters can do to change that um, at this point if he's not running again in next year. Um, and so we, you know, whether it's the mayor or the council that looks to do some sort of punitive action, um, I, I think something has yet to happen but may happen. I don't know. It's a, but in terms of termination, I think it's principally up to the mayor. All right. Well, I know you have to uh, run, so we're going to let sorry. you. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting. I wasn't okay. expecting a service right. to respond so quickly as early in right. the morning as it is. These things uh, do happen. So what I'll do is I'll um, I'll ask uh, the questions that I was going to ask you myself, and I'll answer them for you. All right. All right. I'll all right. Just write them down, and I'll use them in the future. Thank you. Have a good I appreciate one. it. Thanks. All right. That is uh, Council President uh, John Ward. He has to leave the studio because uh, he's got. Uh, can I say a service contractor at home? Uh, you can say a plumber. plumber. I, I was asked about that last night. Yeah. And, I, and they never show up early except today, right? Except today. <laughs> right. Hey, thanks a lot, John, for being here on the Upfront program. And uh, when we come back, we're going to do some open line conversation. And um, and I, 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 out in my office, I have some topics uh, that uh, I think are interesting um, uh, discussion topics. And uh, we'll take your calls and comments. Right now, we're going to check in with Kim for The Honey Shop. The Honey Shop Spirit of Christmas is open. Each year, the Spirit of Christmas, a whimsical haven where the magic of the holiday season comes alive annually. Step into our enchanting boutique and immerse yourself in a treasure trove of delights carefully curated to ignite the Spirit of Christmas within you. Indulge in our exquisite Christmas baskets overflowing with hand-picked treasures that capture the essence of the season from charming ornaments delicious delights to cozy blankets and each basket is a cherished keepsake perfect for spreading joy and making memories explore our dazzling displays of crystals and jewelry each gemstone holds its own unique energy ready to infuse your life with positivity and wonder from delicate pendants to statement rings find the perfect pieces to adorn yourself or your loved ones elevate your senses with our wood-burning Creations bringing warmth and charm to any space. Come and visit the spirit of Christmas captured in every delightful detail. The Honey Shops Spirit of Christmas now through December 31st at 1300 Park Avenue. And now another WNRI Christmas card greeting. This time from Jordan's Jungle, 545 Pawtucket Avenue in Pawtucket.
This is the season of being together. It's a time of hope and new beginnings. And with this, the people at Jordan's Jungle in Pawtucket wish you love and peace during this Christmas season. Chance is ready for the holidays. Reserve your holiday party at Chance, 765-1900. Or plan your own party at home with our catering right to your table, 765-1900. And, of course, you can dine in and enjoy scorpion bowls and poo-poo platters. Enjoy the Chance experience oh so good with takeout for our drive through window or delivery right to your door. That number again, 765-1900. Open every day in the month of December, including New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. At 267 Main Street, live entertainment every weekend a chance hello this is nicola liberté of wnri's french program leco musicale on behalf of the entire la liberté family may we send the warmest of christmas greetings to all our listeners on wnri merry christmas and happy new year joyeux noël et bonne heureuse année à tous And now, another WNRI Christmas greeting from AJM Realty Property Management at 329 Park Avenue in Woonsocket. This time of year brings to mind those things in life that are most important, and it reminds us to focus on all the good things around us. Wishing warm greetings to you and your family during this Christmas holiday season from AJM Realty Property Management, 329 Park Avenue, Woonsocket. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Upfront program. Uh, John Ward had to leave, had to meet the plumber. That's uh, <laughs> right. Well, based on what they charge, uh, probably it's a good idea to get over there real fast. Uh, we have a caller waiting online. I don't know if they have a question for John or a question for me. I just want to comment, but you're welcome. Hello. What do you want to talk about? Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, this is former Councilman Roger Gillette. How are you doing, Roger? Good. Good. Um, there's, uh, well, first of all, let me say I think that the current city council can take the bull by the horns when it comes to Mr. DeBroyce is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, years ago, there was a city solicitor appointed by the mayor at that time that uh, was not doing an adequate job as city solicitor. Long story short, the city council at that time knew that they couldn't fire the city solicitor, so they turned around and uh, reduced his pay by 50%. And that gave people uh, that were working for the city that were appointed by the mayor a warning that if you don't do your job or if you um, break the law or do anything wrong that the city council can be effective and, uh, you know, at least uh, reduce the pay. Uh, that city solicitor, uh, for his own reasoning, I don't know why or how it happened, but uh, stayed on at half the pay. And that, that was his choice. But the city council can do something more than just slap uh, Mr. DeBroyce's hand and uh, say, don't be a bad boy again. They can reduce his pay. 
And, and besides, there's a strong possibility that there's that uh, there might be a new mayor next year, and I don't understand, or maybe Mr. Price is already looking for another job. If I were him, I'd be looking around, because the odds are, I, in my opinion, that whoever the next mayor is going to be is going to uh, finish the job and let him go when the new ma- a new mayor comes in. Now, what you just said uh, is uh, quite accurate, I believe, because um, a couple of days ago, so I'm trying to... Re- let me look at my script here of uh, past guests. But uh, somebody mentioned to me last week uh, when I had a guest on the program that that's um, what the council could do. They could actually uh, uh, reduce the salary of, uh, of that employee and uh, make the salary so unattractive that the employee uh, either would stay on at that reduced rate, as uh, the solicitor did, as you just mentioned, or leave because uh, it's uh, such an insult, I guess, to cut your salary in half or a third and so forth, and and they would be on their way. So uh, what you had to say is, uh, I think, um, an option that the council can can take. And I will say... If they don't, mm -hmm, if they don't take an action of that nature, the city council is saying... To the current and future department heads, you can break the law and get away with it. Mm-hmm. If the mayor doesn't want to yeah. fire you. I just looked at my notes. The person that said that was, in fact, uh, John Ward when he was uh, with us uh, on December the 7th. So, uh, so anyway, that's a, that's a possibility. Now... Mr. Former uh, Council Member and Council President, can I ask you a personal question? (laughs) Sure. Uh, This is going to be a fun question, uh, Roger. So the other day I was in the company of some people and the the person had a cold. Uh, They were suffering from uh, congestion and so forth. And the the person said um, that they put Vicks VapoRub on their head and also on their bottom of their heels and that would bring some relief have you ever heard <laughs> have you ever heard of such a such a remedy because i got the feeling this is maybe an old french canadian uh, uh uh cure for or uh or treatment for some kind of ailment i did not hear it that way yeah. but i did when i was a child experience mm-hmm taking Vic Vapor Rub and putting it on the upper lip, mm-hmm. just above the upper lip, under the nose. Mm-hmm. And, and you would, would breathe, yeah. breathe the Vic Vapor Rub mm-hmm. in, the, you know, the, uh, the scent from the Vic Vapor Rub. But uh, other than that, I didn't hear of the forehead and heel. And the only reason this uh, subject came up, I realize this is a far adrift from uh, the <laughs> scope of the planning director for the city of Woonsocket. But I don't know if you get the AARP bulletin uh, or publications that they... Uh, yes, I do. Right. Well, on the front page, I, I brought it into work because I got it at home, and they had, uh, you know, can sugar substitutes cause cancer? Uh, can my cell phone hurt my brain? But at the bottom here, it said... Um, um, these are all different topics uh, that they answer in, in this month's edition. At the bottom, it says, do any cold meds work? Um, and um, so when I heard that, I said, Vicks VapoRub. Now, I've used Vicks 
I've used it not on my, um, I've put it near my nose to get, I think it's camphor or menthol that's uh, the key ingredient in Vicks. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, it does, you know, unclog uh, a stuffy nose. But I don't know if any of our listeners want to comment on that remedy of (laughs) of putting (laughs) Vicks on your heels and on the top of your head. I could put it at the top of my head. I got a big bald spot up there, so um, maybe that'll work. All right. And, and I just remembered, too, you put it on our chest. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I think that's uh, the the intention of uh, Vic Zippo Rub in the first place. Well, yeah. sorry to draw you into that conversation. No, uh, no problem. Yeah. No problem. Right, Glad but, to cast an opinion. Yes, uh, but not every topic uh, has to be uh, earth-shaking, right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Thank you, Roger. Have a good day. Hey, if anybody out there would like to um, uh, comment on that uh, Vicks VapoRub uh, ailment, um, or uh, as a matter of fact, do any cold uh, meds uh, work? I don't have a cold, uh, but um, when I heard that the other day, this person was talking about about their husband having uh, some kind of congestion and, and cold and so forth, and and so they mentioned that, and I'm, I'm saying to myself, what did she say? A Vicks VapoRub? Um, anyway, uh, uh, hey, uh, maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you have a good cold remedy. It doesn't have to be politics here on the Upfront program, Seven six nine zero six hundred. All right, because Mr. Watt had to leave, what we did is we, um, we postponed a few of our advertisements uh, until, um, until we... Um, we're able to take as much time as we could with him, and we did. So thank you uh, very much. Um, next thing I want to promote is um, our good friend um, Wayne Barber is in the building, and uh, he's got uh, the author's hour today, so we do want to give him a little plug for his show. Hello, radio host Wayne G. Barber here on News Talk WNRI. The Author's Hour, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on WNRI. And my notes seem to indicate that uh, that uh, uh, Joe Silver will be here talking about the book Little Drummer Boy. I think I've got that right. That's at 9.05 this morning, the Author's Hour. And we welcome Wayne Barber back after a period of uh, convalescence. And uh, I saw him in the studio on the break when Mr. Ward uh, was leaving. And uh, he looked like... He's in pretty good shape and glad to have him back. Time out for Grumpy's. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expensive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out our Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin steak, filet mignon, or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner. All char-broiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. Uh, We have time for one call, incidentally. If you want to call in and comment on anything, uh, we can uh, fit that in. Uh, Back to Grumpy's, I always have their menu in front of me. And uh, one of the things uh, that I like to uh, talk about is their appetizer menu. Uh, there are so many choices. Uh, what would you like? Stuffed mushrooms? Uh, would you like some nachos? Stuffed quahog? I've had that a few times. Absolutely delicious. Their roadhouse chili is on the appetizer menu. There are other things, uh, including uh, their um, 
their chicken tenders, the clams casino. Very, very good. I enjoy those. And uh, the one I think uh, that uh, probably uh, is the most fun, especially if you're with uh, two or three people, is uh, the pub platter, which is um, enough uh, for a couple of people to share a sample of uh, mozzarella sticks, uh, chicken tenders, nachos, and onion rings. Uh, the, uh, it's called the Pub Platter, and it's at Grumpy's in South Bellingham. And we certainly hope you'll stop in today at Grumpy's, open for lunch at noontime. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. Yeah, Scott McGee has uh, properties all over the uh, the area, including uh, one here on Chapel Street in Boroughville at 369. This is a price reduction. You can step inside this truly remarkable Boroughville home, redone. It's a three-bedroom, two-bathroom cape that has been meticulously renovated to perfection. The moment you enter, you'll be captivated by the stunning design and attention to detail that enhances the overall aesthetic of this property. The open concept layout is, uh, connects the completely renovated kitchen to the sunny and bright living room, creating the perfect space for both relaxation and entertainment. It's at 448 Chapel Street in Boroughville, and uh, you can uh, talk to Scott McGee about it by dialing him up at 639-2906, 639-2906. He also has another beautiful property on Harris Avenue in Woonsocket, a beautiful stately Georgian-style brick colonial, and he'd love uh, loaded with features. He'd love to show you that, too. All right, we have time for um, one more uh, message here on, uh, on the program, and it's going to be from uh, our good friend Karen over at Waltz Clothing. American-made products. That's what we feature at Waltz Clothing. 837 Cumberland Hill Road, Woonsocket. Open Tuesday through Saturday. American-made, we're serious. Boots from Carolina, Thoroughgood, Red Wing, and Rocky. All made in the USA. Also, American-made sweatshirts. American-made socks. Full-grain leather belts. Boot laces and leather gods and boot gods. And we carry treads, rubber overboots. American-made. So come on in to the place where the workperson and finds everything they need. Waltz Clothing, 837 Cumberland Hill Road. Find us on Facebook, or if you have a question, 765-7582. And now, another WNRI Christmas card greeting from Birchwood Bakery in Franklin, Massachusetts. As you celebrate the glory of this miraculous season, may your home be filled with love, peace, and joy. And may the blessings follow you throughout the day. Merry Christmas from all of us at Birchwood Bakery in Franklin, Massachusetts. The magical Christmas season has arrived, and Pepin Lumber invites you to shop early and save. Choose from an assortment of shop bags. Keep warm in Port West men's work gear. Jackets, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, and gloves. Save on Milwaukee tool bags, power and hand tools, and packouts. We have a large assortment of Nebo flashlights. Gift cards are always available and perfect as a stocking stuffer. Pepin Lumber, 830 Cumberland Hill Road in Woonsocket. Or call the friendly Pepin family at 7. 769-8128 today. Hey, thanks a lot for being with us on the Upfront program, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow with uh, Mayor Chris Beauchamp, and we'll uh, chat with him about uh, what's going on in our fair city of Woonsocket. Have a good day, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. 
Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.